welcome in uh, Jody Shelley, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets analyst. Jody, you're with Kevin Carries and the Hall of Famer Grant Fuhr. Good morning. Thanks for uh, hopping on Sports 1440. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure and uh, great to be on with you guys. Thank well, you. yeah, we've talked quite a few times over the years and I'll probably see you down at the rink here in about an hour or so. But uh, to be on with Grant, I know that kind of perks everyone's ears up. Have you got a, a, a memory of Grant when you were kind of, you know, going through, you know, when you're a younger player and watching one of the best of all time? Oh, yeah, I have many. I mean, I was, uh, when they asked, they asked me yesterday, yet Brandon texted me to do this interview. He said, Grant Fuhr. I said, immediately, yes. I mean, Grant Fuhr was part of my childhood with all the uh, Oilers in the 80s. I grew up in Port Hardy, B.C. on Vancouver Island. Yeah. So it was Saturday nights and, and all week just following the Oilers and what they were doing. And it was, uh, I mean, he was incredible uh, part of that team. So one of my favorite players, of course, um, in that entire group, so. Uh, anything that stands, I mean, hoisting the cup all the times he did and being part of this community still is uh, terrific. And uh, Grant, you've watched Jody play for many, many years. He's one of the toughest cookies to ever ever don a jersey. Uh, your recollections of Jody just uh, in his NHL career? No, definitely one of the toughest guys that played, but knew his role and knew when it had to happen and when it when not to. I think that was the greatest thing is he read the game extremely well. And coaching against him, you knew that. So, no, it, fun mm-hmm. to coach against him and fun to see how he understood the game. I think that's the biggest misnomer about the tough guys is that they don't know the game, they don't understand the game. And Jody, I tell you, it's a hard job, probably the hardest job in hockey. But at the same time, they're very intelligent. And Jody was very smart when it came to when to create havoc and when not to create havoc. Yeah, it's funny that you say that, yeah. Grant, because Jody, you'd say the same thing. You almost have to know the game better than the average bear because you have to know uh, where, what kind of line you want to walk there. Yeah, you know what? It's interesting, right? Because you, you say it is the toughest job in the game, but there's a lot of gratification uh, to, to, you know, it's such a great team sport, and we always knew where we fit in. You know what I mean? It was like... Um, in the locker room and the intangibles, it didn't matter about outside, you know, what accolades or how people really thought about you. It was the guys in the locker room and the looks they gave you at certain times and how you could hop over the boards and be like, you know, I don't want my teammate to feel this way. I'm going to go out here and, and uh, make sure he's comfortable. And for me, it was Rick Nash uh, in Columbus, you know, Joe Thornton in, in San Jose, and Claude Giroux was a rookie. And, and some of those guys where you're like, you know, this guy, these guys are feeling a little too comfortable out there. So it was a great role. Uh, but that's the greatest thing. And I, that's the one thing I think we all miss, Grant, is that locker room feeling. You know, after a win, taking the helmet off and looking around, everyone's happy. And it's like, geez, we all did our part here. Whether it was a, a hit or a fight or a, a conversation, it was just – that was our job as, as – as, as, tough guys was to understand the temperature of the game the temperature of the locker room and and, you know you play with some of the best that did that and uh, you guys had the ultimate success but for me as a you know a guy that played over a decade in the NHL it was finding my niche and making sure I rode that as hard as hard as I could to stay in the league go ahead Grant no I have to agree with you is that's winning is the fun part and the guys in the locker room that's the one thing you do miss when you finally get out of the game but Again, it's – I'll still say it. In today's game, that's the one thing that's kind of missing is they don't have the guys to let your stars be stars. And that was the great part of the era that we played in is 
you had guys that allowed your best players to be your best players where they didn't get bullied. I mean, you look in the playoffs now, guys get bullied all the time. And the fact that back then, if you bullied a player, guess what? You had to pay a price. Fines don't do anything. I'm still of the essence that suits will never make the game safer. The players made the game safer and they've kind of taken that out of the players' hands. And Jody hopefully will attest to that, that mm-hmm. I thought it was a safer game back then. Go ahead, Joe. I think it was too. It was more of a, it was more of a, you know, it's hard to explain it, but it was, we took care of it ourselves in a way and everybody knew it. But I think, you know, the way there was less cameras, which I'm not saying you got away with more, but you know, <laughs> there was less, there was less scrutiny on every little play that happened. Uh, within the game and guys understood it and the referees understood it the relationships that we had with the refs I mean the old guys that used to just they would tell us straight up they'd come over and say hey you two idiots you guys either fight or you're both getting kicked out of the game and then we look at each other and we're like all right we better get this over with mm-hmm. you know this is after jawing at each other and, and and playing that game and you know there was numerous times where the refs were they were in it with us it was the personalities it, w- it wasn't the scrutiny of the call or, or the missed call or the you know, the video review or the bad call, it was just part of the whole game. Every single night, every single game had its own storyline. And I felt like the refs were a part of it and they understood our roles and we were allowed to do it. And that was a part of policing it. And it was it was expected. And I think it was also expected of teammates in situations where you're there on a team, that means you have to stand up for someone. You have to get your nose in there. And that's what brings teams together. I, I like the element that it's still in the game. I think it should be used a little more. I think that, you know, if tough guys played tougher, like if I didn't have to play tough and I could have played third line and, you know, fourth line and just forgot about fighting, that would have been great. But I had to make that a relevant thing. I had to make sure every three games that we were fighting, Mm -hmm. even when guys didn't want to fight. I saw George LaRock in Columbus a couple weeks ago, and he said, Shelly, you never took a night off. I said, no, George, we had to keep this going. Like, you know, we had to keep fighting. It's part of the part of what it was but now guys you know you know if I, if there was nights I didn't want to do it of course but it was like you got to keep that going and now guys have the option they're trying to play where it's like ah you're letting it fall out of the game a little bit it's not just the game it's the guys in the game who are letting it fall out Jody Shelley our guest Kevin Carey show with Grant Fuhrer uh, so Jody Columbus rolls into town here against the Oilers and it's been a tough season uh, for the Jackets. Just have not been able to get on on track and on many fronts. Just your overall take from the start of the season to where the Blue Jackets are right now. Yeah, you know they are a young team again, and uh, this is a team that decided a few years ago when guys started leaving. Um, you know, like Dubois wanted out, Seth Jones left, Nick Foligno. A lot, a lot of the core they had here, Panarin and Bobrovsky. We knew they were leaving to free agency, but they shifted and they went for draft picks. So now we're we're in a spot. We're not quite where Vancouver was last year. They had all that talent, but there needs to be that kind of growth. They're, they're, they're going through it where they're setting the foundation for, you know, the future, which our fans hate hearing, and I, and I don't blame them. But, you know, there, there's, there's young mistakes each and every night. And our head coach, Pascal Vincent, is coming in a tough situation at the beginning of the year. Uh, and he's just held guys accountable and trying to change uh, the way things work in Columbus. And, and it's been there's been glimpses of how this team is supposed to, to play. When they win, when they have success, they're starting to understand what it looks like, uh, and that'll be good. And, and 
you know, they haven't been on a road trip like this. So, you know, this is one of those building moments where you get out in Western Canada and you spend 10 days together on the road. And, you know, that's what this team, where this team is now. They, they play hard. Uh, they're starting to understand their system very well. Uh, they still have a number of injuries. But overall, they didn't take a step this year. They kind of took a step back to take a step forward. Um, and I, I brought up the Canucks because you look at the Canucks last year before Tockett and Foot and Gonchar got there. You know, there was there was something missing within that locker room. There was some there were some some guys that were playing for themselves and not for the team, and they've got them playing as a team. Now, they have more experienced skill than the Blue Jackets, but that's kind of what we're hoping the future looks like: is a team that plays together and plays hard, and, and it's team first mentality. Grant, so with everything that's going on in Columbus, what is going on with the goaltending? Geez, you would know better than I would, I guess. But it's, uh, you know, you got Elvis Merzlikens there who wants to be a number one, but there's times where it's a little bit more about Elvis, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's a team game, and I know there can be an element of, um, you know, it is about me a little bit for, for goaltending, but he's just taken himself out of the picture a few times, and he's a good goaltender. He's a guy that has the athleticism. Uh, he wants to be the number one, but there was a couple times where within games he made decisions and, and the coach didn't like it, and he's holding everyone accountable. So they had a three-goalie uh, rotation. They let him take some time off to work on his game, and he wanted to get back as the number one, and he made it a public statement about it. Uh, and now he's he is. They've moved Spencer Martin on waivers, so now they're they're trying to give Elvis the ball here. Tarasov's a young goalie who's got a lot of potential, but he's, he gets hurt a lot. So they don't really know what he's established uh, being able to do. Uh, so that's the one and two here. And then, you know, in the minors, they've got a guy named Jack Greaves who's doing a heck of a job, but he's not quite ready. So the goaltending here, it's all on Elvis Merzlikens, I guess, right now. We'll see. I mean, he's uh, he's been a little bit of a – I don't want to say distraction, but it's just been a little bit not congruent with the room. And, and that, that's given the, a team that's losing uh, – a tough time to deal with some of those situations he's put them in. Yeah, I love your take, Jody. A little bit too much me instead of team. Uh, Jody Shelley, uh, Blue Jackets analyst. Is and I don't cl- know if that's how goalies are. I mean, I want to ask Grant. <laughs> well, is that, do you see that? I mean, I don't know how you you were. To me, you look like you were, you were in there with the guys all the time. But there might have been moments where yeah. you were like, would you call the guys out and, and be like, hey, let's let's get our let's get our act together. No, it's more about team. I think that's. That, it has to be about team. That's the biggest thing is you're there to do a job and you have to do your job and not worry about what anybody else is doing. And if a goalie's doing his job, and you, they see your body language. So if you've got bad body language, it runs through the dressing room. So I, in my side of it, I know if I've got a positive body language, then it translates into everybody else in the dressing room. So you have to, especially if you're going to be the number one guy, you have to have that positive image and guys have to want to play for you. You see that too, Jody, yeah, right now. So that's that's the yeah, that's the thing. So that, that's I'm, I'm, it's refreshing to hear you say that because I, that's what I was expecting, hoping you would say because that's not what's happening. Sometimes the body language is off. You know, there's there's moments where it's it's not that calming feeling. Now this year he's playing much better. He's calmer in the net. He's not looking to make the highlight reel save every time. It's not about the action around him. He's just calm in there, and he's the a piece of what they're trying to do that night, giving the team a chance to win, which has been refreshing. And now it's been a more of a distraction since he made his comments. But 
Yeah, I, we're hoping that that's what settles in here because that that's exactly what they need is just a goaltender that's a pillar back there and, and leads the way with, with those moments when, when it gets to be a little chaotic. On that note, as we're speaking with Jody Shelley on Sports 1440, how would you describe the play of Johnny Gaudreau this year for the Blue Jackets, Jody? Yeah, you know, he's been he's been pretty good. He had a really tough start to the season point-wise. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau is a piece of a line. You know what I mean? He's a complimentary skilled player. And it took a while for him to find chemistry with with uh with line mates and they wanted him to work with patrick line patrick line the shooter johnny the setup man you think that would work but that has not worked on five on five or power play and line being out it's given him an opportunity to play now with cole sillinger who's been a real bright spot here with, for the columbus blue jackets uh, as a third year player as now he's with opportunity with injury he's been elevated to johnny goodrow's line with chinnikoff and chinnikoff and good and uh Cylinder have chemistry, and now Goodrow is feeding off of that. Um, it hasn't been a great season. You know, it's it's a, it's another frustrating one for him. I mean, he comes in here from Calgary with that 100-point season, and, and, you know, he's a point-per-game guy, and, and he's fallen off a little bit this year. He'll get his points, but, you know, the, he needs more around him. Mm-hmm. He needs more players around him to be able to have more success. And, and that's just that's just how it is. And, and right now, it, it, it's it's one of those situations where he's got a lot of young players around him where if he has a player that understands how to play with him, of course he's going to be great. But it, it's, a, it's a piece that's played with a lot of different players right now. Um, he's not going to drive the play uh, a lot of times. Like When he's playing his best, he'll attract attention, then hide, and then he'll, he gets found again starting to find that a little bit with uh, his line right now but it's it's not been consistent all year hey jody how are the jackets looking on the injury front how close is zach Wierenski to getting back in the lineup yeah they expect him to get back in this trip i don't think he'll be he won't be in tonight patrick line is on the trip he won't be in tonight um they're getting closer uh you know they've had a lot of big injury boone jenner came back uh last game he's wearing a bubble he broke his uh, jaw he had to so, you know, he's one of those heart and soul guys. Every guy, every team would love to have a Boone Jenner on their team or, or a D Boone Jenner. So it's good to have him back, but he's he's still adjusting to wearing that full face mask. Uh, he's our All Star. He's going to the, the All Star game. Uh, it's good to have him back, but that's he's not himself, or he wasn't last game. Sean Corrali, another leader, was out. He's a good centerman. Uh, he's back, and, and that leadership part of a young group has been good. But they're getting healthy, but it's been a frustrating year for Line and, and Morinsky. I mean, the last two years, they have not been healthy. Grant, have you got one last one for Jody? Yeah. Who would you say has been the best of your young guys? I would say Cole Sillinger. And I would say that, Grant, because he had he went to the minors last year at the end of the year. He had a frustrating sophomore year. Uh, came to camp not knowing where he was going to fit in, even if he was going to be on the team. Because, you know, you end up at the bottom of the, of the league last year. You come in you, and you see new players and you wonder where, where your job lies. So he's had to go back and earn everything this year. And due to like guys getting injured that I just mentioned, centerman, he has gotten an opportunity. And, and I think he's done a really good job of, of like just focusing on your role. We talked about roles in, in, within a team. And, you know, I think young guys come in and they want to do it all, right? They want to get the puck and do what they've always done. And every shift needs to be special, whereas now he's focused on, okay, this shift, win the faceoff, make the pass, get on the four check just a real small focus and that's led him to get some confidence now he kills penalties he's now on the power play 
So he's a guy in the last 30 days has kind of popped as, as a player. And for me, he is the bright spot. Ken Johnson has a lot of yeah. potential. He's a skilled guy, but he still makes young mistakes at wrong times. Adam Fantilli, uh, you know, he's the big draft pick from last year. He's 19 years old. Uh, he hasn't played this much hockey. He played 38 games last year in college. Now he's already played 45, and that was 38 over the whole season. He's played 45 here in the first three and a half months. And, you know, that's starting to catch up with him. But for me, Cylinder's now got that skin on him where he knows at the grind every night and he knows what to focus on, and that's why he's having success. I got to ask you one question about your career, uh, going back to when you came out of the queue, Jody. Just uh, how you ended up in in Johnstown with the Chiefs, of course, with the slap shot <laughs> angle. I'm sure you get asked about it all the time. <laughs> Jingletown, I'll tell you, it's <laughs> funny. I was in, I was at Dalhousie, finished my junior career, and had a scholarship because I played in the Quebec League. And I was watching guys that I fought in junior: George Larock, Gord Dwyer, Peter Worrell. They were all in the NHL. And I was there, you know, trying to study and, and having a great time. And I I uh, decided to sign a PTO with the St. John Flames, which meant I was going to lose my scholarship. So I lost my scholarship. I called my mother first, who was a school teacher out here in Sherwood Park, and she was in tears. No, Joey, you can't leave school. No, don't give it up. I said, i got to try it. So I went to PTO in St. John, went to Calgary Flames training camp uh, the next year, Thought I was going to be at least in the American Hockey League, and but within days I was in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, saying, "What the heck have I done?" And, and then I started training here with Chris Dingman, Dave Cooper, and a guy named Mitch Connor at St. Joe's over here on Ninth uh, Street, and mm-hmm. uh, found out how to train as a pro and worked my way out of there with uh, with the Blue Jackets coming to in the, in the National Hockey League. And I tell you, Johnstown was an experience I wouldn't trade for any any anything. It was. I always say if I had played in South Carolina, the East Coast Hockey League, on the travel bus and the beach and, you know, the babes, I would still be there. <laughs> I was in Johnstown with a bunch of dudes, nothing to do, you know, hanging out and just kind of training our way out of there. And it was uh, it was one of those places that uh, there was there was only one way out, and that was to work it out. And, and that mm-hmm. ended up being the best thing for me. Well, Dinger's going to be at the alumni skate here coming up this afternoon, so you should see him down at the rink. I should have brought my equipment. I'd love to give him the old. <laughs> well, yeah, quick, I love Dinger. Quick, quick sidebar: We played uh, Dinger was playing in uh, about ten days ago. We had uh, an alumni versus media game, and Dinger was out there. He thought it was Game Seven of the Cup Final. <laughs> oh, it's so great! We used to do Perry Pern together, yeah. uh, and you know we had guys like. Uh, Jerome would be out there, Jerome McGinley, and I forget who else were the skilled. Nat Donicelli was out there. There was a lot of skilled guys. And me and Dinger, and they keep stats for the Perry Pern skate, right? Yeah. I, I, me and Dinger were leading the stats like the first five days because we played it the first five days of camp. By the end of it, we were at the, you know, we were middle of the pack. But, boy, we we always played it like it's game seven. And it, you know, is he still talking about how great his hands are? Oh, it's yeah. unbelievable. Uh, we were, <laughs> it's unbelievable yeah I well love it. I, i'm sure you're going to be down at the rink so this skates at 12 45 so if you hang around after the uh media veil for for the jackets you'll be able to to watch dinger for a little bit i'll be hanging i'll be i'll be there <laughs> chirping them for sure hey hey jody thanks so much for doing this uh look forward to seeing you down in the rink here in the next hour or two uh thanks for coming on hey it's my pleasure great talking to you guys thanks yeah. for having me on great talking to you uh, it's uh, Jody Shelley, Blue, Jacks, Blue Jackets analyst.